This is episode number 99 with Tiro from Four Sigmatic. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Tiro is leading a worldwide mushroom movement. As the founder of Four Sigmatic, he is making functional mushrooms accessible to anyone and everyone. Now, he was born in Finland and he grew up on a farm that his family has owned since 1619. There, he foraged for mushrooms and other wild foods while learning about the natural food space at an early age. And after growing frustrated with low-quality mushroom products on the market and discovering how difficult it was to obtain functional mushrooms, he founded for Sigmatic in 2012. And in 2015, the company launched in the US and relocated its headquarters to LA. And in 2017, he became the best-selling author with the launch of his first book, Healing Mushrooms. Today, Four Sigmatic's functional mushroom coffees, hot cacaos, blends, matchas, and elixirs are used as a daily superfood by over millions of people in 65 plus countries. Now, Tiro's unique path from a child foraging mushrooms in the 13th generation Finnish farm to an entrepreneurial success story he is today is something that has been profiled by Vogue, Time, Forbes, W Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, BuzzFeed, Bon Appetit, Goop, Well and Good, Mind Body Green, and so many more. And in this episode today, we chat about his fascinating story from growing up on his family farm and foraging with his mum and farming with his dad to where he is today, the owner and creator of Four Sigmatic, how and why he created Four Sigmatic, the benefits of functional mushrooms, where to start if you want to add functional mushrooms to your life, what to look for when adding mushrooms to your life, what is dual extraction and why you need to know, the myths around candida and mushrooms and which to avoid if you have candida, the best mushrooms to look for and to add into your life, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 99. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. And this comes from Paris Hendrickson. And she says, incredible. I can't speak highly enough of this beautiful soul and her power to share knowledge on as many amazing topics. Do yourself a favor and listen. Love you, girl. 
I love you too. And thank you so much for that beautiful five-star review, Paris. I am so grateful. And don't forget to leave me a review for your chance to be the review of the week. And now let's dive into today's epic conversation with Tiro from Four Sigmatic. Tiro, I am so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, and I'm very excited to hear your response to this question, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, it's actually a funny story. I just got back from Mexico and I'm experimenting with a new coffee from Yemen, which I don't, actually don't drink coffee by itself. I always add stuff to it from all kinds of mushrooms to superfoods to adaptogens. But this one I wanted to try by itself. So it's a rare coffee. It's incredibly hard to get because of political reasons. But even though coffee bean is from Ethiopia originally, Yemen is where its cultivation started. And actual roasting is basically from Yemen. And so it's a quite a rare treat. So if somebody's really, really into coffee, pour the mocha is that brand. And I was experimenting with that and its flavor and how it differs from all the other coffees in the world. But yeah, it was a, it was a rare morning, almost, almost never have coffee, but this morning just had a cup of black coffee from Yemen. Mm, Sounds very, very interesting. And I'm so excited for you to share about your journey and how you got to where you are today and how you created your company for Sigmatic. I was born and raised in Finland, about two hours north from the capital of Helsinki. We have a family farm there. Me and my brother are the 13th generation managing that farm. And I grew up farming with my father, mostly oats, and then foraging with my mother, mushrooms and berries. And my mother was also a teacher of physiology and anatomy. And my dad was an expert in soil and had experience in agriculture overseas as well. So learning from them and going to an environmental school, which my great-grandfather started. So it's a very like agriculture, health, hippie-focused lifestyle living in Finland, uh, where I grew up. And and that's where I draw a lot of the inspiration for Four Sigmatic as well, which was started about six years ago. It's been a wild ride ever since. What an amazing upbringing. Let's just talk about that for a second. That's like my dream upbringing to be out foraging with my mother and working with the soil and just being around that environment. That's really common for growing up there, isn't it? It can be, yeah. And it's looking backwards. It's such a gift to uh, showering spring water and eat wild raspberries and, you know, collect nettle and whatnot. But it was, I mean, it's also pretty rough. Um, Finland has a very cold winters and, and it's uh, it, growing up on a farm is a lot of work as well. So I grew up working as young as I remember, and it was not called child labor or anything like that. That was just the way, you, way of life there. And, and so it's a lot of work and Growing up in Finland, it's it's cold and harsh climate, but at the same time, I'm very grateful for all the lessons and understanding of nature and, and agriculture and health that I learned through my upbringing. And, and it's, uh, that's where I draw a lot of the inspiration still today. And that's how you created your company for Sigmatic, that inspiration. Can you tell us about how that all unfolded and how that came about? Yeah, I actually originally studied chemistry and, and after that later, uh, international business and uh, nutrition. And about 14 years ago, I ended up coaching professional athletes in nutrition. 
I wanted to be a professional athlete myself. I was never that good, but my friends were. And, and through that, I got to, into coaching that. And I realized that actually a lot of people who are extremely gifted athletes didn't know that much about nutrition. It was like just like post-recovery shakes from like uh, poor quality ingredients was like the highest level of understanding that they had. And uh, outside of protein, the need for protein, they didn't really know what would be the things that fooled, fuel their bodies the most. So that's kind of... A, caught me into that path and about 13 years ago randomly discovered a rare mushroom growing in finland and won an innovation award from the government there and that caught me onto the rabbit hole of mushrooms but it was not until this whole web 2.0 blogging um, came about when i set about on the path to found four sigmatic because when i had my first business i was not i didn't kind of see how a company like an early stage young company without insane amounts of money from investors or whatnot could change the world into becoming healthier because the, the distribution was so limited into few large grocery retailers and what what i wanted to create wasn't probably not something that buyers of those large grocery stores would bring in i created a company that promotes drinking mushrooms so be it in australia the u.s or europe there's very few grocery stores who would have 10 years ago said yes bring in a product that <laughs> where you're drinking mushrooms but one like the blogging and social media started growing there was new ways how you could talk to people and educate why mushrooms actually are kind of cool and why adaptogens and herbalism and all that stuff is actually worthwhile even if you're not a crazy helpful fanatic and especially if you are and what are the benefits and how you can do it in a very easy way without making it incredibly complicated so so it's definitely been multiple phases from from our farm foraging with my mother to studying nutrition and chemistry to founding a rare mushroom to the emergence of social media and blogging has got us where we are. So it's been a long journey and still learning. Okay. So what's the difference between functional mushrooms and medicinal mushrooms? First of all, mushrooms or the kingdom of fungi is incredibly diverse. So when something is a kingdom, it basically means that there's an insane amount of diversity. So in biology, there's few kingdoms that we know of today. Animals, plants, bacteria, fungi, and then various single-cell creatures. So if let's take example of plants. There are plants that can heal us and there's plants that can hurt us. Like we can easily die from eating certain plants, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff we buy at the grocery store from tomatoes to cucumbers to salads are plants, obviously. Same goes for animal products. And fungi are no different. And there's so many different types of fungi. Nobody really knows how many are there, but there's estimated to be millions. Uh, the estimate is that for every plant in the world, there are six different types of fungi. So for every celery and, <laughs> and parsnip, there's six different types of fungi out there. And what most people think is just a few different types of uh, culinary mushrooms. So culinary mushrooms like your portobello mushroom and your butter mushroom and, and things like that. Maybe a chanterelle if you're more into the culinary world. But then there's a whole world of these medicinal or actually they're also called functional mushrooms that affect our biology in a much stronger way. So Instead of eating them for just their flavor and maybe a little bit of fibers or micronutrients, they affect our physiology much greater. So they are kind of so-called adaptogens or, or they have high amounts of antioxidants or things that support our immunity and gut health and maybe even hormonal balance. So they have less of calories and more 
intelligence versus culinary mushrooms are mostly eaten for their calories, micronutrients, and macronutrients. Mm, got it. Okay. So these are immune modulating, which means that they can either increase or decrease your immune function depending on what your body needs in that moment. So tell us why it's important that we get these into our diet today, you know, with all of these common chronic health issues that are so common these days. Like, why is it important that we get these into our diet? Yeah, that's actually a great question because. So if we start to talk about mushrooms and how they're antiviral and antibacterial and immunomodulatory, people tune out. They're like, why would I care? Like, and immunity is, immune system is one of those topics that are incredibly important in physiology and anatomy, but like nobody really cares about their immunity. And I say this with love. <laughs> what we do care is that our brain work well, we're smart, we're good looking, we have beautiful skin. Uh, we care for things like energy levels. And once you make the connection that immunity is actually one of the things that actually guide those things that we truly care for, um, then I think we're in a much healthier place. So the immune system is a place that I think that regulates our body in so many different facets. Obviously, the, the obvious thing is when we get sick, when we get a flu or a cough, when our immune system is jeopardized, and that's when we go and have like honey, lemon, ginger tea, or eat uh, garlic, which are all great ways, but they're very immunostimulants. So they stimulate the immune system drastically. Then, but then there's a new, a more kind of, I wouldn't say modern, but more common problem these days when your immune system is overly active. That's when you have even illnesses like autoimmune disorders, when you have, you know, arthritis, uh, multiple sclerosis things like that, Crohn's disease. And that's when your immune system is too active. And what the mushrooms have is that they contain these compounds called polysaccharides and beta-D-glucans that can help modulate your immune system. But like, if you don't have a health issue right now, why would you care for immune system? Well, immune system and gut health are very much tied into each other. And um, the immune system and the gut health are also very tied into our brain function and our skin quality. So if you want to be smart <laughs> and have a beautiful skin, it's really important to take care of your gut and take care of your immune system. Mm, I absolutely agree. Not when it's too late. Correct. So it's um, obviously mushrooms help if you're about to get sick or you, you feel a little bit down, you should try mushrooms, but it's really about the daily small consumption. So I would look at these polysaccharides in mushrooms more like chlorophyll in salad. Salad. So it's good to have salads every day or some kind of collard green, eating a cucumber or a green smoothie. Same way, it's good to get one of these forms of polysaccharides in your body every day in a small amount. And so for someone who's brand new to this world of functional mushrooms and they're hearing reishi and cordyceps and lion mane and chigar and all of these words that we're throwing around, they might be like, what are they talking about? And I really am such a big believer in bio-individuality and really tuning in and listening to your body because I don't believe that there's one size fits all. I think we really need to look at what's going on for us get the data, get the results and act accordingly. So for someone who is considering diving into this world or just experimenting, like where do they start? I think we've all been there when there's a new health thing. We're like, oh, wow, 
this is fascinating. I'm interested. Sign me up. Where can I get more brain power and better skin? But it's also kind of confusing is like there's a lot of information out there and where to start. I think the good news with mushrooms is that they're not an exotic superfood from the Amazon, but they're something that has been part of every indigenous culture. And they're actually, there's these amazing, like mushrooms, for example, create 25% of the earth's uh, biomass. So mushrooms are literally in every country, every place, everywhere. You might not see them, but they're underground. So it's incredibly important. And it's, I think it, it makes them a little bit more approachable uh, because they're part of every culture around the world. Um, that being said, when you want to use them for health, you not, might not know where to start. Some of you might have already used them in, without knowing that you used them. For example, mushrooms can be found technically in things like kombucha and a uh, few other health products out there that are derived using or using fungi. But when you use them for functional purposes, it's good to understand that these functional mushrooms generally grow on trees, unlike your normal culinary mushrooms grow on the ground. And they don't taste like your normal culinary mushrooms, but they tend to taste very bitter. And that can be a blessing and a, <laughs> and a curse. So using bitter product is really good for you. And I've recommended to everyone in some capacity, mushrooms or some other bitters, the bitter, the better. But um it can be overwhelming at first. So what I really recommend is using mushroom cacao um, or mushroom coffee as kind of the first way. So if you like to drink coffee, if you're listening and you're a coffee fan, I highly recommend trying the concept of mushroom coffee. So adding mushrooms to your coffee, it will still taste like a normal cup of coffee, but you're not going to get the jitters and you're not going to get the heartburn that you would normally get from mushrooms. They will, it will lower the acidity and support your energy systems in a more balanced way. Or if you don't do any caffeine, then using it some sort of chocolate or, or hot cacao. Mm, your products are delicious. So you have mushroom coffees, hot cacaos, blends, matchas, elixirs, and they are so delicious. They're really, really, really beautiful. So thank you for creating them and for creating them with such quality. And that's something that I wanted to ask you about is if someone is new to this, like in terms of quality, what should they look for? That's a great question. Well, I mean, like with anything else, um, there's a lot of products on the market. Even uh, you shouldn't necessarily go buy for Sigmatic only, but if you buy any mushroom product, I recommend looking for products that are made from fruiting bodies, not from necessarily mycelium. Uh, mycelium is the rooting system of mushrooms and fruiting bodies, the actual fruit. So think of like eating an apple from an apple tree versus the bark. Um, mycelium can be used in certain specific purposes, but I recommend initially looking for products that are made from fruiting bodies. And I recommend products that are either hot water extracted or dual extracted. So not products that are raw. Mushrooms are not bioavailable raw. They need to be cooked. So you want to look for products that are like that. Otherwise, it might seem that a product is inexpensive or good value for money, but if it's processing correctly, it might not help you out at all. So um, hot water extract the products that are initially made from fruiting bodies. And then mushrooms can accumulate and hyperaccumulate toxins. So that's kind of the negative side. So you want to look for certified organic products on the market. Um, you know, these are one of these products where it's good to really get products that have certification. It really helps, helps with the, with the quality a lot. So that's, that's definitely it. After that, it's, it's depends what's available and 
what's what are your options but fruiting bodies hot water extracted and and some kind of organic certification you touched on jewel extraction what's that well, it kind of the name tells partly what it is, but obviously if you're not familiar with the different extac- extraction methods in herbalism, it might be a little bit odd. So dual is obviously there's two phases and extraction is where you extract the goodness out of it. So I mentioned that mushrooms are not bioavailable raw, which means that they actually have this chitin structure, the same cellular structure that is found on, let's say, a shell of a lobster and which we humans cannot penetrate. So Try eating a lobster shell. It's not, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. So you have to cook it almost like you would cook bone broth. So that is called a decoction or a hot water extraction. So for multiple hours to multiple days, you cook it in, in heat, and that's how you extract. So actually, it's very similar to how you would prepare bone broth. So you simmer the bones, and then you drink the liquid. Um, the dual comes from the second phase, which is usually alcohol extraction or tincture. So some of you might have seen those little bottles in health food stores and whatnot, and where there's droppers full of alcohol and herbs. So that will be the alcohol extraction. Usually the dual extraction, when the hot water and the tincture is combined, the alcohol gets evaporated. So there's no alcohol in the end product, but the alcohol is used as a solvent to get some of those more adaptogenic properties out of mushrooms, versus the hot water gets um, more the immune supporting functions out of them. So. Dual extraction would be those two phases included. It's kind of like the state of the art extraction within mushrooms and many other things. Mm, and you want that best quality that you can possibly find. Yeah, but if if you're in doubt, I would recommend buying a hot water extracted product. If you can't find a dual extracted product, start with the hot water extracted. I think that's where you'll find better bang for your buck. Uh, what are your favorite mushrooms and how do you use them? I love reishi and lion's mane and Chigar, I love adding them. I used to do bulletproof coffee. I don't do coffee anymore because I realized it really does not serve me. So I was doing it in my coffee, but now I'll just sometimes have like yours with hot water. But right now I'm actually currently doing a little candida and bacterial overgrowth protocol. It's nothing major, but mushrooms aren't on the list at the moment. And I've read that they may, because there may be some sugars in the mushrooms that feed the bad bacteria. So I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts on candida and mushrooms? Yeah, so that's actually a great point. So a lot of people, uh, if they struggle with candida, read about candida, the list says don't have mushrooms. And candida that's actually itself is a mushroom. It's a, it's a fungal disease. And the reason why uh, mushrooms can be bad for you is that we actually animals and humans share almost half of our DNA with fungi. So the fungi kingdom and the animalia kingdom share a lot of roots. We're actually originally part of the same super kingdom. And that's why we're very prone to fungal diseases, but we can also use fungal medicine is more, maybe more, a little bit more bioavailable. But in this case, candida is the bad kind of mushrooms. And then that's why you shouldn't eat butter mushrooms or portobello mushrooms if you have candida. This is true. You shouldn't also have sugar, like you said, or very limited moderate amounts of sugar. But what is not known is that is that mushrooms can actually have potentially be very, very antifungal. So there are mushrooms that can fight mushrooms. It's actually what they have to do themselves in nature. So mushrooms need to find against fight against other fungal things. And some of these mushrooms become extremely antifungal. So mushrooms like chaga and reishi are actually amazing if you have 
uh, issues with candida. So definitely would have a reishi every day if 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 you're struggling with candida, uh, along with some other herbs like polyarco and, and others. That's such a good point. Thank you. So if you do have the candida, maybe stay away from the portobello ones and things like that. But the other ones seem to be okay. Correct. So a lot of these functional medicinal mushrooms, they they generally are good, okay, if you have candida. But obviously, uh, experiment and see how you feel. Compliance is everything. I know that sometimes in health, we all get really excited about now there's the, oh, there's the bulletproof coffee or infrared sauna or whatever biohacking, and then we go full on with it and we do like seven CrossFit classes a week or something like that. And uh, that's often when either injuries or problems occur. So balance is a lot of things. So I would recommend compliance and consistency over super high doses in the beginning. Mushrooms are safe in high doses and you can reap a lot of benefits such as using lion's mane mushroom when you need a lot of extra cognitive function and brain power. But that being said, um, I really think the key is, is building that gut health immunity and adaptogenic properties. I highly recommend um, consistent use on an every day, all day have a little bit of mushrooms and be it in once a day in your coffee or adding into other smoothies or foods rather than going super high doses a moderate consistent use of functional mushrooms is is where you really reap, reap the benefits mm. and would you say they are a superfood yeah i think that word gets thrown out a lot and i think in general you shouldn't buy labels buying labels often gets you in trouble so even if something is vegan, it doesn't mean it's healthy. If something's paleo, it doesn't guarantee it's healthy. Yes, if something's organic, it doesn't guarantee it's healthy. And same could go for like things like superfoods because there's really no limit what is a superfood. And, and I think if you take a more critical look at mushrooms and superfoods in general, there are a few mushrooms that would definitely be on top of, top of the healthiest foods in the world. So if we look at what are the absolutely most nutrient-dense things in the world, then probably a few of the mushrooms would definitely qualify on it. Like just case example of chaga mushroom, um, it's extremely high in antioxidants such as melanin and a couple minerals. And antioxidants protect can help protect the immune system, support longevity, uh, beautiful skin. But if like well prepared cup of uh, chaga extract would equal to like thirty pounds of carrots in antioxidants. So. In that way, I would say that they are extremely nutrient-dense, if not some of the most nutrient-dense and well-scientifically-researched foods in the world, mushrooms. And they're definitely, a few of them are part of every like longevity regimen that should be out there. Um, that being said, the word superfood is such a broad concept is that I would stay wary of that by itself, but they are among the most researched and nutrient-dense foods in the world for sure. Wow. And they're often really overlooked or missed or the only time that you see them is like an optional side to your scrambled eggs on a Sunday morning. You know, they're so important. And I mean, for me personally, I definitely have completely cut them out of my life in the past because I didn't understand. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know how medicinal and how potent they actually are. So I'm just so glad that they're getting a bit of a spotlight at the moment. Yeah, and I'm definitely not saying that all fungi are good, same way as I'm not here to tell that all plants are good. There's definitely plants that are, for example, hypoallergenic. We talk a lot about soy or gluten or corn or whatnot. 
And now I'm definitely not a proponent of all kinds of uh, animal-based products. So I think there's a lot of things that can cause more harm than good. So mushrooms are no different. Fungi are no different. So you have to pick the good ones. So if you go in a normal grocery store, look for mushrooms such as shiitake, maitake, and maybe enoki. Those are more likely to be a little bit more on the nutrient-dense side. Maybe also oyster mushroom. Um, that's where you're probably going to get more of those functional benefits on top of the tree mushrooms uh, or the polypores, uh, which are them some sturdy, hard mushrooms, almost like conks growing on trees, such as chaga and reishi. If you don't buy a supplement or a mushroom superfood kind of a blend, uh, we're using chaga and reishi, and you go to a grocery store, buy fresh mushrooms, look for shiitake, maitake, enoki, and oyster, and leave those portobellas on the shelf. Mm. Okay. And they're the ones that you most commonly see on the menus on Saturdays and Sundays when you go out for your brunch. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not saying that you should never have them, but I'm just saying is that they might not be the amazing quote unquote superfood that um, you might be looking for, but you could use them as a meat substitute and they contain fibers, B vitamins. Uh, they might also have some antioxidants in them. So there's some benefits, but they also can be pretty bad for your gut, if, especially if you struggle with things like candida. So much great information. Thank you. This has just been so insightful so far. I would love to now turn the spotlight away from mushrooms and a little bit on you. And I would love to ask, what do you attribute your success with Four Sigmatic to? <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of stuff. I think like, it all starts by making a great product. I say that uh, that like marketing is a tax you pay for a bad product. I don't say it's completely true, but like definitely if you make products that are totally unique and people use them and get value out of them, you're more likely to succeed. And, and that's, I think, been is that um, we've made some amazing, phenomenal products and then people have talked good about us. And the early days, the first two years, I couldn't afford to pay myself any salary. And the first many, many years, we couldn't spend anything on marketing and relied consistently on just people talking good about us. And we kept growing and, and evolving. And that's been huge. So first of all, making phenomenal products, not just good products, but I think you have to make phenomenal products because in today's world, people have the option to buy any product online almost. So it's not the case I mentioned in the beginning when when, when I was starting my first business, it was like there was gatekeepers at the grocery store who decided which products got on the shelf and there was politics and money involved. Now it's almost like you can buy any product that you want. So you have to kind of be the world's best product in that category for that target audience. So it's just making phenomenal products is important. Secondly is, um, is I think unconsciously we just wanted to educate we're passionate about what we did and we were just educating people and gave back a lot to the community and i think that's also important is we've done a lot of free content and a lot of free stuff for people and i think through that we built this community and family and followers that has been really giving us helping us to make the company better so whenever we made new products they've given us feedback and We've made them even better and they've given us ideas that you guys should do that product next or you should make that kind of a website change. And through that community, we've become a much better company. Than, so I believe that many are smarter than the few and, and a lot of the thank for our success is part of our community. And I think they've sticked with us through 
you know, us being out of stock and all the packaging mistakes we made and all that stuff, because like they've seen us like really work hard on giving free content and education. And that has helped, I guess, build a community that has made us into a better company. And then just having a great team. I think, I think our company team is phenomenal, but obviously I'm biased, but those probably the three things, great product, great human beings working, and then just giving a lot for free. And through that, um, building amazing community that that part was kind of unplanned but it happened and i'm happy we did it and going to continue providing free education so Mm, i love that what is the future for these functional mushrooms and for sigmatic well when i started there was a big vision of using mushrooms in multiple different facets but when people kind of like now still people are only now kind of figuring out like, Hey, actually mushrooms can be good. And Hey, mushroom coffee doesn't taste like mushrooms. It tastes like normal coffee. And like, Hey, I can have coffee without getting the jitters and the heartburn. Now people are finally catching on. So the question is more like, where else can I use them? And there's actually so many different ways. And, but I, we're definitely focused on providing products for clean energy for different places. So uh, low caffeine, no caffeine, moderate caffeine, full caffeine, but like ways how to provide people with clean energy, productivity, and and kind of like ingestible beauty type of focuses. So that's kind of what we're working on right now. Um, as a small company, which is like predominantly employee-based and not having like institutional capital or something like that, it's we, we cannot taking too much we have to kind of stay disciplined and smart where we use our limited amount of resources of people and product and uh but there's definitely a lot of ways outside of just coffee and tea how mushrooms can be used and i think we'll we'll be innovating in the next year or two a lot of that stuff uh using it in totally different ways that the current products are oh i can't wait to see what you guys come up with it's very exciting so I'd love to hear now, what is something that's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? I've been actually really pumped to spend more time with uh, my parents and it sounds like a, such a simple odd thing. The last decade I spent mostly living, living in different places around the world, even briefly in, in Australia. And my parents are someone who was like, they're, they're my like mentors and I looked up to them, but I've noticed that they're getting older, you know, and, uh, you know, and that's, that's since so obvious, I have like a lot more joy on just FaceTiming with my mom or talking with them on a daily basis. Cause for like a 10 years, I would chat like once a week or something like that. And now pretty much talk with them on a, on a daily basis, even briefly. So that's bringing me a lot of joy. Um, secondly, it's just cooking. Um, I've, uh, even though I, I build a business and I'm trying to busy, uh, being in the kitchen definitely gives me a lot of joy and, uh, that's been, that's been great. So it's the kind of the small things in life they say, and it's so true, but then every now and then I try to do something outlandish and, uh, do something crazy and that's kind of spices it up. But, but the baseline and the, the staples, so to say, are pretty simple talking, FaceTiming with my family and cooking and seeing friends. So pretty simple stuff. Mm, I love that. I'm the same. They're things that are just so simple, but yet so important. Yep. So I would love to hear now, what's something that you are working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? Actually, two things that I've been meditating a lot is one was actually that um, I'm becoming staying in more proactively touch it with my family. So that was actually kind of related to that and 
when you're like a child or a teenager, like it's a lot of your thing is to be a son or a daughter. But once you become an adult, you kind of like stop being a son and a daughter because you're an adult and you grow up out of it. So kind of relearning how to be a good son is definitely a thing that I'm like consciously thinking about. And what are the skills of being an adult son? <laughs> so how to be a great uh, son to my parents uh, as an adult? Because like that might be different than when you are when you're 12 years old versus when you're 30, 40 years old. So that's the theme that I've been working on myself. And then secondly is um, for uh, many, many years, I, I haven't been reading actually, which is pretty funny, but I don't really enjoy reading. I read a lot growing up and I read so many books, but at one point I felt like I needed to a new form of learning. And then I started like meeting inspiring people and attending conferences and learning in person. And that was the way of learning. And now it's like, I'm trying to work on myself. It's like, how do I learn by feeling? And without actually like kind of the classic pedagogic ways, but just like feeling and learning through feeling, uh, which for like a stoic Nordic person is a little challenging, but I'm getting there. And I'm, I'm, it's pretty esoteric to say and say that, but it's, it's something that I'm working on is learning by feeling. Mm, I love that. So beautiful. Well, this question, I'm not sure you'll be able to answer, but seems like you haven't been reading. But if you had a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world, besides any books about mushrooms or anything like that, what is one book that you would choose to put in the school curriculum? I think I would put Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. Oh, yeah. And I think like philosophy is uh it's a it's just like putting money in the bank it's just thinking about who you are and what you want is so valuable especially i think for any ages but especially when you're kind of in the discovery phase uh, in a school and you're trying to figure out what you want and i think that's one of the most fundamental books it's so simple it's so short uh, but it comes from an amazing place and i think that book was not planned to be written, but like it captures an essence of something very rare of a world's top uh, psychotherapist gets into a concentration camp and observes the behavior, uh, successes and failures of how people behave in a concentration camp from an eye of a professional while going through it himself. And I think that's a pretty fundamental book. So uh, nutrition books are great. And I think, um, using more mushrooms can raise global consciousness and I have these beliefs. But at the end of the day, I think philosophy is probably um, the thing that should be number one. So Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, if I only get one book. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really good. It's life-changing, that book. It's so powerful. I, I loved when I first read it. It was just mind-blowing. So let's talk about how your day looks now and if you have a morning routine, how do you prime yourself for the day? I love hearing about how people set themselves up for a successful day. So do you have a morning routine? And if so, can you share it with us? My morning routine is that I don't have a routine, um, partly because I go to different places and my days change a lot. That being said, I do have themes that I think are it's sometimes if you make yourself uh, have a too strict of a routine and then you don't do something in the routine you feel bad, I think it's better to generally make kind of themes and principles. I, in general, in health, 
And in life, I enjoy principles more than rules. Because rules sometimes guide you to the wrong behavior. If they're too strict, then they don't apply to that moment. So if your rule set is um, there's always an exception, all that stuff, I think principles are a healthier way or themes because the principles are more flexible in the approach, but they stay firm on the belief. And my principles for the morning is, is hydration. Just like I always start with hydration. I drink a lot in the morning. Um, it can vary. Sometimes it's apple cider vinegar or sometimes lemon water, sometimes just spring water itself, a little bit of sea salt. Um, um, we make a couple of these products like a hydration blend, um, but there's definitely hydration in the beginning. There is no caffeine in the morning. Very rarely, it's extremely rare because like that's the time when I'm naturally energized and I don't think caffeine is, is really a thing. If you're craving for caffeine in the morning, I highly recommend looking into decafs um, and versus starting the, the morning with coffee. Um, hi- hydration, then breathing. I go outside. I take a few deep breaths. I do a lot of in yoga. So there's definitely some sort of breathing and movement included. Uh, when I was used to do a lot of like high intensity workouts straight in the morning to activate metabolism, but I felt that like the mornings are more like stretching and um, slow movement that, that that's works for better for me. Um, and then I'm actually very productive in the morning. So I try to pretty quickly get to work. So um, I sometimes even with within stretching, I start to get working. So those are the productive hours for me, but those different people have different productive hours. I'm really productive in the morning Then I get a slump. So I take a nap at midday pretty much always. Um, I often fast in the morning, but that again changes by time, but definitely I do not eat before I've like hydrated really well. So no eating before hydration has happened and usually before movement has happened. And sometimes I don't eat until, until the midday afternoon, but definitely hydration, movement, breathing, and then pretty quickly to work are kind of core principles. Yeah, that sounds very similar to me. And I'm similar to you in the sense that I have a lot of my energy and focus in the morning. Meditation, movement, hydration. I drink about a liter of water um, or sip on it, room temperature water first thing. That's before I have anything else to hydrate my body after being dehydrated all night. So some great tips. And I hope everyone listening got some nice little reminders if they need a reminder or got some inspiration from what you get up to in the mornings. I definitely think if you don't have a morning routine, I think morning routines are one of the things that can drive some of the most value in health, wellness, productivity. So morning routines are definitely something you should think about. That being said, I've seen a lot of people now who've like gone too far in the morning routines and the morning routine lasts like a two hours. And I don't think that is sustainable long-term. So I would look at the fundamentals and I know certain people are very busy and they're saying, I don't have time for a morning routine. It can be as simple as setting your top three priorities, writing them down on a post-it note before or after shower or something like that. But um, if you don't have a morning routine, definitely do it. It adds a lot of value. But if you have, you're starting to notice that your morning routine starts to get too long, maybe kind of reconsider if all of that is totally needed before you get to the actual like quote unquote productive part of the day. Yeah. Great tips. Thank you so much. I am a massive fan of gratitude and something that I do in my morning routine is say what I'm grateful for with my husband. And I would love to hear what are three things that you are most recently grateful for? That's actually funny. That 
uh, I do that uh, before I go to bed. So for the last almost 11 years, but over 10 years, I've been writing three things that I'm grateful for every night. And what I do slightly differently than just writing them down, I write everything on the same page for that day of the year. So it, it's like May 1st, I can see what I was grateful for May 1st a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, and so on and so forth. Oh, wow. Because you forget. And in the beginning, the first year, it doesn't really help. But year two onwards, it's amazing. And you really see. And it's just a beautiful thing. Because you forget all the grateful things you were grateful for before and what happened. And um, so those are examples of, of things I do. What am I grateful for right now? I just got back from Tulum. And Tulum is is such a magical place. You haven't been. It's a special place. It means a border in the Mayan language. It was a gate, one of the, uh, the only um, seaside towns for the Mayan culture. And the Mayan culture is very deeply connected with cacao, which I love. I'm a huge dark chocolate, actual cacao fan. So uh, spending a week there with some inspiring people was something I'm definitely grateful for. So um, if you're looking for a conscious, nice <laughs> feedside holiday, uh, Tulum in Mexico might be worth a visit before it gets too popular. Other thing I'm really grateful for is that for so long, we've been trying to get a couple products on the market that is like a chai latte and a golden latte, which are basically caffeine-free plant-based lattes using coconut milk with one gram of sugar. Um, so really almost no sugar, um, just add hot water. It's in a powder. And we've been trying to get this <laughs> freaking coconut milk done for so long. And it's been kind of frustrating at times. And sometimes uh, when you build companies or make products, sometimes you get stuck on things that are seemingly simple. But finally, we made it done. And we have like a, a skin beautifying turmeric, shiitake, latte coming out. And then really gut promoting chai, turkey tail, reishi. Um, and both are caffeine free, amazing. But I'm really grateful for that we finally made these freaking products out because I love them. They taste good, but it just gets stuck. And I guess. The lesson there is for anyone, if you, if you have a project that you love and you get stuck with it, just keep up with it. Sometimes like eventually get done and then it feels very good. But um, if your original timeline didn't hold, just keep doing it. If you believe in it, if it's an important thing for you, just stay true to it and eventually it will get done. So I'm very grateful for that as well. They sound really yummy and I can't wait to try them. Yeah, we'll definitely send you some to play with. I'm writing my next book. And it's going really well. So I'm grateful for that. So I guess that's my third. And it comes out at the end of this year. So hopefully, fingers crossed, all goes well. But writing a book, um, I'm in a creative phase right now. So that feels good as well. I'm grateful for that creative period in my life. Awesome. Now, I've got three rapid fire questions for you. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? Just one thing that people can start to implement today. Deep breathing. Good one. Love it. Okay. What is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Um, believe. Just believe, believe. And that's that's a lot. Um, if I can give a second one, if that's too esoteric, it's just uh, surround yourself with people 
you trust and kind of accountability partners and people you can learn from. So definitely peer group, but first of all, most believe. And then secondly, accountability partners or mentors or, or peer group, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's so important. The people that you surround yourself with is imperative. 100%. And last one, what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? I think that's a good one. I've recently been, I know this is a rapid fire, but I would say short answer is compassion with curation. But uh, what I mean is, is I think you should be compassionate to every person in your life and you should love and care for every single person in, in your life and people you don't even know. And that's really important. That being said, you also want to curate on the people you really love because uh, I don't think love is limited. I think there's unlimited amount of love but it re- still requires focus. And uh, I think that's kind of the theme is then you can love more and better if you've curated and focused that love, but while still being compassionate uh, towards every single person you meet throughout the day. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Now, this has been so great and it's been beautiful to get to know you a little bit more and to hear about your gorgeous products. But is there anything else that you want to share that we haven't touched on or anything that you wish I had have asked you? Well, I I guess my everyday mission is just um, talking about the mushroom mission and hopefully people after this at least give mushrooms a chance in some capacity. But um, I think the other thing that I think people should really, really, really consider is agriculture and the importance of agriculture and soil for the whole world. And uh, there's a theme that I have no financial interest in, but I just want to highlight for everyone is, is seeds. So uh, short story, there are seeds and there are seed vaults and the seeds that are in the world are really important for farming because you need seeds to farm. A lot of these seeds are controlled by a few large giant companies and from, from Monsanto to Syngenta. And um, there are a few small seed vaults and seed banks that have... Um, kind of heirloom seeds and and they have to kind of save the seeds in and it doesn't cost that much money but it's still really important and they some of them are pretty struggling so if you ever can support a local or in your country or region a seed vault or seed bank that supports uh, heirloom seeds that's really important for agriculture and the future of food so our future of food is not just reliable on these few food giants that have interests that might not be aligned with with the good of the world so uh, it's pretty random. Again, I have no financial interest in it, except <laughs> being from a farming family myself, but uh, supporting heirloom seeds, original seeds, and you can do it yourself as well, but there are small seed vaults. So donating or helping them in certain ways, it can cost as little as like twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year to protect seeds for our, our um, children and grandchildren, but they, these seed vaults need to get those funds somewhere. So that's a, a topic I feel pretty passionate about, even though really, like I said, I don't have any financial interest in it, except that I think it's underrated in the world. And then second thing that I think is underrated uh, is eye health. I think in health and wellness, a lot of people don't talk about eye health, but we keep staring at our phones and computers all day long. And I think you should really think about taking breaks, obviously from staring at those screens, but also Think about how with supplements and whole foods and superfoods, you can support your eye health, be it certain berries and things. Um, but definitely eye health is something you should take pretty seriously. We didn't 
in the last 50 years, we didn't have these screens. So it's not a topic that is kind of relevant because it takes a long time for ice to start deteriorating. But it's something that if you are in the, if you play the long game, you definitely should think about eye health and what can you do for just keeping your eyes fresh and young and energized. Um, and, and diet is obviously part of that, but also like taking breaks. So those are two topics that I just wanted to shout out to the world. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Another thing that I do for my eye health is because I'm, you know, spend a lot of time behind my computer. But as soon as the sun goes down, I put my Swanee's blue blocking glasses on so that I can protect myself from the blue light. But um, sometimes I even wear them if I'm staring at the computer for a long time, even during the day, I'll pop them on as well. But you can get flux on your computer, which is really great. And that also comes on your iPhone as well to just stop that blue light. Yeah. And those affect more the circadian rhythm. So how well you sleep. So that's pretty relevant short term. So using those goggles or flux is helps in the short term for you to sleep. There's also a long term aspect of, of looking at the screens and um, and protecting your skin. Um, and that requires more like polyphenols, certain uh, sound fins, uh, vitamin E, vitamin C, omega-3 fatty acids. So things like astaxanthin, little green algae, um, certain berries, those are really, really good for long-term health. So the goggles, uh, the glasses, swanies, and, and the efflux are good short-term and for sleep quality and, and, you know, um, circadian rhythm, but long-term and definitely recommend into looking for various, um, um, antioxidants, for example, and omega-3 fatty acids and their importance for eye health. Egg yolks, for example, is really, really important for long-term eye health. Mm, Okay. So such good points. Thank you so much. This has been so amazing and I am a massive believer in service and I believe that we're here to be of service to the world. So I'd love to know what is one thing that I personally and the listeners today can do to serve you? How can we serve you? Oh, wow. That, I did not expect that. Give mushrooms a chance. Um, and this doesn't need to involve money or buying our product or anything like that. So definitely keep learning about the fungi kingdom. Like I said, 25% of the earth's biomass is made of fungi. It's really involved in all of, throughout the world. So um, we make, for example, Mushroom Academy. That is, if you go foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com or, or Google Mushroom Academy, you can study for free on an e- online course about more about mushrooms. But if you want to serve me, it's more like give mushrooms a chance and learn more about the fungi and then tell about it to the world and how it's related to our environment and also to our own health. But um, go through the Mushroom Academy. That might be my request um, or buy a book of mushrooms doesn't need to be mine but keep learning keep asking questions and hopefully you'll find some answers and we will link to the mushroom academy and your books in the show notes for anyone who wants to further their knowledge but before we go i just want to thank you so much for this beautiful insightful conversation i've got so much out of it and you're such a beautiful person it's been amazing connecting with you and learning from you i feel like we've only just scratched the surface and i would love to sit down over a dinner table with you and just continue to talk because i feel like you've just got so much knowledge and wisdom and you're such a beautiful big-hearted person that really wants to make a difference in the world and you can really 
feel that. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for sharing with us today. Thanks a lot. Likewise, thanks for uh, having this podcast and educating people and sharing your knowledge and passion with, with, with the world. And thanks for having me on. Thanks for giving mushrooms a chance. Yay, let's go out there and give them all a go. Okay, thanks. What an insightful conversation and beautiful human being. I got so much out of today's episode, and if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 99. And you can also listen to all my other episodes there too. Also, just a reminder that you can now get your hands on my latest book, Open Wide, a radically real guide to deep love, rocking relationships, and soulful sex. All you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy today. And whilst you're there, you will get access to the free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. Don't forget to check it out because it is juicy. And if you want to be the review of the week next week, make sure you leave me a five-star review in iTunes. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best version of yourself possible, and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, beautiful, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. 